We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. A lot of stuff to talk about as usual, but maybe even more drama than we're accustomed to around the Lakers right now, given LeBron's recent comments and some rumors on the trade market as well. Joining me is Optimism Prime himself, Matt, the Optimist Peralta. Matt, how are you doing? So, Trevor, I've got a saying that the weather oftentimes reflects my mood and if you're a southern california resident we've been getting a lot of rain recently i feel like that's pretty indicative of the sadness (laughs) and gloom that's going on with the lakers franchise right now so i i just think it's pretty apt especially for all the stuff that's come out this week well you are a meme now our our editor uh did a great (laughs) job on the video you and i recorded yesterday um if you guys haven't seen this you have to go check it out it's at the very beginning of uh, the video that Matt and I did where we talked a little bit about LeBron's comments. We also talked about Austin Reeves' contract. We try to do this once a week, have a video where we let our editor really go and just kind of flex his muscles and, and be able to, to put in a lot of kind of cool stuff. And he put in, uh, Matt, what, what was it you said? Something about your cold and your crying? Yes, it was. Uh, the, the Lakers had played the Heat on, uh, what was it, Wednesday? And I said that I'm still cold and very sad. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's an image of Matt freezing in the cold and crying that our editor put together it's it's absolutely fantastic Fantastic. um yeah so you guys will have to check out uh that video again it was post posted on um thursday by the way before we get into any of our topics today happy birthday lebron james who is now officially 38 years old as of today I, I can tell you from experience, you don't really celebrate birthdays when you when you start getting up there so i i i don't know like this isn't this isn't a celebratory thing for Lakers fans. I think it's more just a reminder that, oh my gosh, LeBron is getting another year older and that means the clock is ticking that much faster. But nonetheless, happy birthday, LeBron, for all the off the basketball basketball court things. Yes, happy birthday, LeBron. We're sorry that the team is not good, but I hope you find a way to celebrate. <laughs> Indeed. I'm sure, I'm sure he will maybe with a, a victory tonight over the Atlanta Hawks. That would, I think that would be a good start. Do a birthday celebration for LeBron. Um, let, let's start here with this topic. We've got a lot that we need to get into today, but let's start with this. So the Lakers not making a deal. So we've heard various people talk about, well, the Lakers, they're they're concerned about compounding their mistakes by making a big trade, by making a type of win-now move that they'll compound the errors that they've made in the past. And I've said, well, 
yeah, they should be concerned about that. If they're not concerned about that, that's a problem. That's uh, that, that's foolhardy. You have to be concerned about compounding mistakes. It means you have to make sure that you make the right move. But now we've got Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times adding in, this is a quote here, internally, sources said, there's been serious consideration given to writing out the season without making a major deal if they can't find one that would make them a realistic contender. Now, this isn't all that far off from what we've been hearing all year, that they only want to give up both first-round picks 2027 and 2029 if they find a deal that makes them a contender. But we heard just a few weeks ago when Anthony Davis was still healthy that the Lakers had kind of passed the test, essentially, that they had had proven that they were a dangerous team, that they could get things done, and the front office was going to, I suppose, reward them is the, the term to use by making a trade to give them more firepower to help them out this season. Now this shift back towards, well, we don't even know if we're going to make a move at all. Um, moving This ever-shifting goalpost has been frustrating Lakers fans. Matt, what's your take on this situation? And should the Lakers be considering just, I mean, for lack of a better term, punting the season here? I, man, it's just kind of a slap in the face to, to LeBron and the Lakers organization and its fans if you're not going to give them even, like, hope that they can yeah. compete for a title. Like, I think a lot of fans still kind of sit in the camp. I know maybe a lot of them have moved out of it, but for people like me even, and this is where the optimism comes from, is that get them into the playoffs, just see what they can do. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like the first step. Like, I know getting all the way to the finals and winning the finals is very, very, very improbable already, but at least give fans, like, the chance to at least look forward to that possibility. If you don't make a move, you you are telling everyone, yeah, we don't believe in this team. We're going to waste another season of LeBron James. Um, it's just, I, I get it going back to the whole not wanting to compound mistakes because they've made quite a bit in the past couple of years now. But you you when the West is still like, you know, some teams are starting to separate themselves a little bit, I feel like. But the middle toward the bottom of the standings is still very clumped together. It's not like mm -hmm. the season's completely gone. You go on like, you know, one, six, seven, eight uh, win streak. You're kind of back in the race. So you make a move that helps you get there. I feel like you can sell that and you can tell the fans like, hey, we're still giving it a shot. I feel like that should be the move. But this front office makes no sense to me, Trevor. And at this point, I'm done kind of guessing what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, essentially what you need, what, what the Lakers are saying without using the, these words is unless we get a Pau Gasol-esque trade, we're not going to do anything unless yep. we get a deal that we think makes us a contender. That's, you know, Andrew Bynum got hurt. Then the Lakers turned around and boom, landed Pau Gasol. It was, uh, it was a great day for, for Lakers fans. Suddenly, so Hey, the front office responded to an injury. Now AD has been hurt. We're hearing maybe he's back mid January, but AD has been hurt. And I don't know that there's a lot of faith that this front office can even pull off that kind of a, a Pau Gasol-esque move or that other teams in the NBA would even be willing to accommodate that kind of move. But it sounds like they're saying, hey, unless something great falls into our laps, we're not, we might just be better off running out the clock on this season and let the chips fall where they may, let LeBron uh, win the scoring title, and all-time scoring title, and then figure out things next summer. But like you said, they've had opportunities to do stuff, and they've continued to kick the can down the road. And they've continued to move the goalposts on things, continue to say, well, you know what? This team isn't quite good enough to, to win. Well, you know what? This team's doing such a good job winning now. 
Yeah, you don't want to disrupt anything just yet. Let's wait. It, it's frustrating for fans who want to see their team win, want to see the team play well, and have been hearing about a Lakers trade. We've literally been talking about it since July that this yep. team's been in the trade market and still nothing done. That just leads to a lot of frustration out there. And it, it's understandable. And I, I think you're right. I think that it is um, a little bit of a, of a slap in the face to the fan base to say, yeah, you know, we're 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 just not going to do anything. We're just going to sit here and do nothing, and uh, and ultimately let this thing go. I, it's frustrating to to be in that position for sure. Yeah, and you know, just a couple more points to add here. You know, you added, you know, or brought up the Pagasol as kind of trade. Like, you know, Sham Sharani of the Athletic talked about, you know, the Lakers are holding out for you know someone like Bradley Beal, yeah. Zach Levine, like, guys you're like you're that. Dreaming. Like, and you know, go a step further. Like you, you land those guys, you trade for him. Are those actually the right pieces to, to get you to where you need to go, Trevor? Like, I mean, they're great players. They're all-star players. Obviously you'd love to have them on your roster, but mm -hmm. you kind of just think about the roster construction currently, what you have to give up to get them, how to get there, whatever. I'm, I'm still not convinced that that's the whole thing. Because I think there's a lot of roster deficiencies still, you know? So, you know, those two guys specifically, like that's one thing, but you know, I'm just trying to think of the one player that comes in here and saves it that the Lakers could realistically get in a deal, and I'm coming up with nothing. Like, Kevin Durant's a pipe dream. I know his name has been linked to the Lakers a bunch. That's not happening ever. So, you know, I'm kind of stuck there. And then, you know, the worst part about this is, is that a lot of the trade targets that fans were clamoring for over the summer, Buddy, Miles, Boyan, those are players they realistically could have gotten had they been more decisive in August. Mm -hmm. The price for those guys is, is no longer the same. Yeah. Yep. Uh, again, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I keep yeah. referring back to the Buddy Heald, Miles Turner thing. We said at the time we probably would have done that deal. Uh, there were moments where Rob Palenka, the Lakers, looked like maybe they were right for holding off because Russ was looking better and because the team was winning with AD. And you know there were questions: Do you really want Miles Turner uh, taking up all the minutes at center with how well AD is playing there? And those were legitimate discussions, but. Now it's hard. To, it's hard in this moment to say, well, yeah, they made the right call by holding off on doing that because I don't think you're getting a better deal than that right now. And I can tell you, Matt, I think you're right. I mean, from I've heard from within the Lakers, people tell me, gosh, I, I hope we don't go do we don't go after the big star again. Right. Yeah. Like that's and I, I feel the same way when I look at this team and I look at big picture, they stumbled upon the new wave of the NBA, two stars and depth, something that I think is a requirement. They won a championship that way. And mm -hmm. then said, no, nah, we don't We don't believe in the results that we found. And instead, let's go back to the previous model, the three stars and the role players don't matter. Let's just do that again. And if you go after, like you said, a Bradley Beal, a Zach Levine, look, they're fine players. But aren't you just perpetuating that problem that we've seen these last two seasons of we're going to build around a big three model and we don't care about the role players that much. They can all be better in minimum guys and everything's going to work as long as we have LeBron AD and third star to be named later. I, I don't think that's the way to properly build out a roster. And I feel like because they don't have bird rights on any guys anymore, maybe they're stuck attempting that, that model. I don't know. It's, it's a mess. And I'm definitely concerned, just like you are, that you go after a big third star and you're going to get stuck in this situation long term, like even longer than we're already in it for. 
I don't think a lot of fans are going to be happy when they hear that bite, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that we're going to have problems long term is not great for any relationship. Well, I can I can attest to that. Well, let's say let's say that somehow they do trade for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal has a no trade clause. Right. He's got long term money on the books. He's got an injury history. He's injured right now. Right, yep. dealing with a, with a hamstring situation. He's got an injury history. On paper, LeBron, AD, and Bradley Beal all together, they're all healthy. That's pretty good, right? That's a pretty good spot to start from. Yep. But all your cap room is burnt that way. Yep. So you're talking about, what, a tax pyramid level, and you can pay Austin Reeves, and essentially the rest of your roster is veteran minimum guys. This That's the world we've been living in. Admittedly, Bradley Beal is a better fit than Russell Westbrook ever would be. But nonetheless, you're still perpetuating that same situation. And that I think that's the concern, right? If they continue to go star chasing, I think it's ignoring what the new model is in the NBA, the model that they helped create. It's it's mind-blowing, Matt, and and frustrating as I'll get up. Yeah, like for any cap nerds or just, you know, diehard basketball fans, just go look at the cap sheets for like all the good teams and look at like how much each player is making. And you realize not a lot of them look like the Lakers payroll. No, that's not and a coincidence. You and you and I talked about this a little bit before we came on the show here too. flexibility in the NBA. A lot of times we look at having open cap space as flexibility that equates to flexibility and right. to, and it does. I'm not saying that it doesn't. It does. But having a bunch of players, a bunch of good role players that are not veteran minimum guys, because right now you've got a Lakers team that is asking veteran minimum guys to do stuff above their pay grade. You're doing it out of necessity because yep. you don't have anybody else, right? So you're asking Austin Reeves. You're asking uh, you're asking guys like even Lonnie Walker is being asked to do stuff above his pay grade. Uh, Thomas Bryant, right? All these guys that you're asking to do more than probably they ideally should be doing. But you look at the good teams. They've got a lot of high-quality role players who if you ask them to do more, it's not necessarily above their pay grade. You're not asking them to do more than they're capable of. And they're making about $10 million or so, 10 to 15. That's also a lot of flexibility because guess what? Those contracts are super movable. In fact, they're kind of necessary in a deal. We talk all the time about how Patrick Beverly is probably the guy that's going to wind up getting moved. Part of that is because he's got a $13 million contract. That's what you need in order to stack up to make trades work in the NBA. So just looking at future cap space as flexibility, I think isn't a, a look at the whole picture and something I think the Lakers have missed on having high quality role players pursuing the model that they stumbled upon a few years ago gives you future flexibility because you have players that are easier to move via trade. I'm sorry, Matt, th this kind of stuff drives me crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> so thank you for, for indulging in my rant there. No, it makes complete sense. And I think it's something like, you know, a lot of people don't talk about enough is that, you know, how to build a good roster is, you know, years and years of wise cap management and asset management. And that's, you know, a very weak point in the Lakers front office, if we're being very blunt, is that, you know, they chase a third star, their payroll's bloated, they only have veteran minimums and the taxpayer to hand out. Look at last year's roster. That's kind of what you're looking for. Like, e even if you subbed in last year's roster with Bradley Beal, like, ideally, like, how far are you getting? With last year's roster? Yeah. Not, like, not very far. Right, I, I like, mean, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of our point, though, right? Like, the three-star model mm -hmm. with no depth, like, you are banking that you hit a diamond on the rough, like, seven out of seven times like that's just nearly impossible like it's it's just not sustainable model so you know again like we could talk about this at nauseum this could be a, literally our whole podcast but I, yeah. I just feel like you know 
you take a step back, you look at all the moves the Lakers have made, you realize like it's just a vicious pattern of of, of roster malpractice. And so we're here again. And, you know, we could be looking at the same situation again this offseason. Which is part of why, I think, to move on to our next topic here, why LeBron made the comments that he made after the loss to the Miami Heat. By the way, we will close out the show talking about LeBron's trade value. So that's, that's coming up. Um, but LeBron made his comments about how he still feels like he can be a winning player, a championship level player with the right players around him. Clearly, and I don't think this is any, I don't think he was taking a shot at his teammates at all. This team is not that. The yep. team that's around him right now is not that. Now, when Anthony Davis is healthy and playing at an MVP level, that allows them to mask some of the problems that this roster has. When he's not, they become very, very apparent. LeBron James still is having to do a lot of the heavy lifting. He's putting up great numbers. As soon as he steps off the floor, the Lakers are in big trouble and they lose whatever lead or, or, or even just staying even. Whatever they've done, they give up a lot of ground whenever he steps off the floor. So we're seeing a lot of fans, though. I'm seeing this reaction around social media. Fans are uh, reveling in, celebrating LeBron's situation. Now, again, when you're the Lakers, when you're LeBron, when you've won a lot, you wind up with a lot of haters. Even within the Lakers fan base, there's LeBron haters. There's Russ haters. That's right. I mean, there's people who, who are drawn to particular players or, or whatever. But I'm seeing a lot of people who are saying, well, this is LeBron's fault anyway because he put this roster together. So LeBron is getting his comeuppets right now because he's the one who traded for Russell Westbrook. He's the one who put together this team. He's the one who didn't trade for DeMar DeRozan he, and on and on and on, right? How do you respond to that? Because I'm seeing a lot of that going around right now. I mean, look, I think he certainly has some blame. Like it's it's the whole blame pie, th blame pie thing. Like everyone has like a hand in like where the Lakers are now. LeBron is not exempt from that. Like don't don't get us wrong. Like even though we might come off as defending him all the time, he still has a hand in where the Lakers are For in this sure. situation. Um, so I just want to get that out of the way. But, you know, when I think about that, though, I ultimately go back to the front office because it's not LeBron directly calling GMs and making deals or talking to agents and signing free agents. Right. Like, I think ultimately that ends with Rob Palenka and ultimately Jeannie Buss. I think that's kind of where we need to shift the focus to, because at the end of the day, they're the ones setting up the roster and trying to get LeBron to where he needs to be to be successful. Um so, yeah, you know, like I, I've seen that sentiment too, like floating around on Twitter all the time is like, you know, LeBron signed an extension when he didn't need to. Why didn't he just, you know, hold the proverbial gun yeah. to the front office's head and and make them trade stuff before he signed? Like, I've seen that too, but the way I kind of look at it is LeBron seems like he was promised that a move would be made. Rob Polinka said as much at media day. Mm -hmm. He sure did. I'm going to shepherd, what was it? I'm going to shepherd uh, LeBron's career and make sure he he is in position to win championships in a mm -hmm. Laker uniform, something like that. And, and said he'd be willing to move those future picks to do so as well. Yeah, so if your GM comes out and says that publicly as a superstar who's probably talked behind closed doors about the same exact thing, you have to expect like, okay, Rob's going to do what he needs to, to 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 put a championship roster. Like he's probably tired of us losing all the time also. So you'd think <laughs> that he would make a move and do it, but... Uh, we are now sitting almost into 2023 and nothing's been done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my response really is, yeah, I think LeBron should get, you know, some flack for where the Lakers are. But it's at, like he even said it too, like it's a question for Rob. I think he said it at one of his post game game post game conferences, like questions for Rob about the roster. Like, I think that's kind of where the ire needs to be to be toward if you have a complaint about the current roster. And And again, to reiterate what you said before, that's not 
taking all of the blame away from LeBron. AD, LeBron, Clutch, right? I mean, everybody's yeah. got a hand and everybody deserves some of the blame, right? But ultimately, the decision-making falls upon the front office to decide whether or not to do a trade, right? To decide whether or not to sign a player. And they've said no to LeBron in the past. LeBron wanted Jared Dudley, right? They said no, right? There have been examples where LeBron wanted something to happen and the Lakers front office said, no, we're not going to do that. Caruso. So, yeah, I mean, Alex Caruso. Sorry. Oh, man. But if you're the Lakers, therefore the, the decision-making is on you. Even if LeBron says, hey, I want you to do the Russell Westbrook trade, it's not like they're unaware of what the risks are of that trade, If they're that they're unaware of. Even if you think, hey, Russ is going to work, you still have to look at it and say, if he doesn't, though, Mm -hmm. what happens, right? Because everybody knew that, right? There were a lot of people who said Russ isn't going to work. And that's and like, you're right. It, it didn't, it hasn't worked. It hasn't meshed well, right? And again, credit to Russ for coming off the bench this year. He's been better. Still not a great fit with LeBron and AD. Still not giving you bang for your buck on $47 million. Um, but you had to look at that situation and say, if it doesn't work, pivoting away is going to be so difficult. You know, just not to cut in too much here, but like when they made that deal and not to go off too much of a tangent, but do you think they had like a an exit plan if it didn't work? It doesn't feel like it. it Does, I feel it like the, feel the like exit plan was we'll just suffer two seasons of it and let it expire. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's. But I, I think they really didn't anticipate how bad it would be, which I I suppose that's fair because even the people who didn't like the rust trade, nobody was saying it was going to be this bad. Like the, that's that's the, fair, right? But man, sorry, it's just one of those things where I know I know we talk a lot about that 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 Westbrook trade, but it does set them back a lot because considering what they gave up to get him, you you basically emptied out the chamber for that, mm -hmm. and and that gamble doesn't work. So now we're, where are you left? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are you are somehow a rebuilding team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is insane. Yeah. You've got two, when they're healthy, two, what, top 10 players? Oh, easily. In the NBA? When they're healthy and playing, playing like they, they care. And you can't put quality players around them because you botched things so badly with bird rights and that, that whole situation. I think the hope was that, oh my gosh, I put these three guys together and all the top free agents are going to want to come here and take a pay cut to do so. That's not the case. That's not the NBA that we're living in right now. That's, you know, that's not... 
sorry and the other thing i wanted to just talk about real quick too and i, I wanted to get your thoughts on this trevor is mm -hmm. like if you're you're the lakers you're thinking post lebron already right like you have to be yeah what superstar wants to come here after this that's the other piece right let's say the lakers do ultimately wind up trading lebron let's say they do nothing the trade deadline and next summer rolls around and lebron says hey i know i signed this extension but i'm not happy and I'd like to be sent somewhere else. Oh, that's okay. Just, that that has to be coming, dude. I feel it. If, they, if things go this way, it's it's happening. But sorry, right. go ahead. Right. Yeah. And we're we're we will get into in a few moments. We'll get into what that could look like. And if LeBron's going, AD's going. going. Yeah. Right. But at that point, and I've got a lot of fans that are saying, "Good riddance. See you later. Let's start to rebuild this thing." Not even necessarily as an anti-LeBron thing, as a this team is in big, big trouble right now, the way they're the way it's constructed. Um, if you don't have a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis, you need both of those guys being demigods out there on the floor in order to have a shot at doing anything. If either one of them is not, if either one of them is hurt, you're dead in the water. Yep. You're you're done, right? That's the way this team is constructed. And so a lot of people look at this and they say, Well, there's no real way out of this. Right, the only way out is you pull off some miraculous trade that gives you firepower that you that isn't apparently available, um, or, or you blow the whole thing up and start from scratch. You messed up so much that that's all you can do. I've been trying to build Legos with my daughter. She got a bunch of Lego stuff for Christmas. We're right now building this this damn camper bus thing, <laughs> and I hit a point as I'm trying to put the roof on this thing where I realized, oh God, I. I messed up here because I messed up here because I messed up. I wound up, I was so just broken that when I thought I was almost done, I wound up having to tear the whole thing down and just restart in order to do it right. Is that potentially where the Lakers are at? And so that's where I see fans coming in saying, just rebuild this thing, tear it down, restart. Let's get some young players. Let's get some guys we can get behind some players who will be, you know what? Our guys, right? Like, the guys that come up as Lakers that spend most of their careers as Lakers, not guys who come in later on in their careers. Let's get those guys. I see that sentiment out there, but the point you bring up, what stars are going to join up with the Lakers after seeing what's gone on with LeBron? If the Lakers can't put a winner around LeBron and AD, two top 10 guys, it's going to take a while for them to regain that trust among NBA players that they can accomplish that with this current front office. And I'll tell you what, if they wind up having to trade LeBron, there need to be changes made with, within the Lakers front office. Like if that's, if that's where you go, if you fail for two seasons to find a way to win around two top 10 guys, there's no way to get around. Changes have to happen. Oh, this is just the can of worms I, I was trying to avoid, but at the same time, I felt <laughs> like we needed to have... No, 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 no. It's, I it's let fine. us down this rabbit hole, Matt. <laughs> no, it's fine because I think it, this is a conversation that needs to be had, right? It's... Mm -hmm. it's. I, I think, obviously, like post-LeBron, the Lakers are going to have to rebuild no matter what. I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, we'll save the can you build around Anthony Davis conversation for maybe uh -huh. after the season, but... You know, you, you trade LeBron, you are presumably trading Anthony Davis, whatever the haul is you get back, no matter what you get back, you are a rebuilding team. How much confidence do you have in this front office to rebuild from scratch? <laughs> like that, that's one question. And then the Laker formula has always been 
okay, we suck for a couple years. We get good young players. We attract the big fish in free agency. He leads the young guys, or we turn the young guys into another star, and then that's how we win again. That's always been the formula for the Lakers since the dawn of basketball. Um, And so how much do you trust this front office to shepherd that, though? Like, I... I trust it if the mantra is get all the picks you can and give them to the scouting department and say, do your thing. Sure. And that's right? fine. But like, that's going to take years. Like, oh, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, I, that's not a quick process. Yeah. Like Lakers fans right now are saying like, oh, yeah, just tear it down, rebuild, start from scratch. I, I don't think people realize like this is not like a, a, a one, two year project. That mm-hmm. is like a legitimate three to five, six year thing to build a sustainable winner. And then say it's, you know, this front office goes away. How confident are you in them bringing in the, the right person next time around? I, I don't even want to think about that. Right. Man. Like who, who would be, who would be the next GM of the Lakers? I, I hate this question so much. I knew, I knew, I knew that's where we were going. And, and you know, what's funny. The first two names that popped in my head were Kurt Rambis and Magic Johnson. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, like, look, I I don't think it's likely given Magic's history of stepping down from an executive role and Kurt Ramp mm-hmm. is operating in the shadows, like with all the memes. But I mean, like, I can't realistically think of anyone else. Rich Paul. Right. If you're going to go the agent route. It's like, and this is the whole thing that's uh, that's just it gets messy with with the Lakers is. It's like there's a, I don't know why this line sticks in my head, but from the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, there's a line where they're talking about the Isla de Muerta, this this island, that mythical island, right, that they're trying to go to. And, and the line is, it can only be found by those who already know where it is. Like, you can only gain power with the Lakers if you've already had power with the with the Lakers, right? Like, that's, that's what they turn to. So that's the concern, right? That's the decision-making. Even if you do trigger this rebuild and you and you start from scratch and let's build around young guys and all that, you still might have some problems within the front office. Now, again, maybe not. Maybe they, you know, learn from the error of their ways in the past and they bring in some great executive from the outside and and off you go. That's that could happen, but just historically, that's not what we've seen in the last what decade or so. So You've got a lot of, I don't feel like necessarily a rebuild equals time for celebration if you're the Lakers, particularly if, I mean, you would then have the embarrassment of not being able to put a winning team around LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I know some people will say, well, those guys deserve blame for that too. And they do. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but ultimately it's the front office who makes these moves and that would just be a bad look. If that's where the Lakers ultimately end up come July, where they're looking at LeBron and Anthony Davis trades and starting from scratch. I, I just want to say I, 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 let's we should move on just because I think we can talk about this forever. Sure, but um, I just want to say that this is a complete indictment of the season and the team that we are already talking about <laughs> all this stuff when yeah. we've got like 50 games left. Well, and that's that's the other point here. A few weeks ago. We were talking about this team saying, this team's got something. This team could win if they can stay healthy. Go out and, and add some firepower and let's let's go. Let's do this thing. Right now, we're at, you know, as, as low as we've been all season because AD is hurt. Yep. There is a world where AD comes back. He's healthy. 
and they make a trade at the end of January and they go on a run. And next thing you know, we're talking about the playoffs. That's, that's possible, right? So I don't want to completely dismiss that and say the sky is completely falling and everything. Cause again, this, this team was playing some exciting basketball just a few weeks ago. That's the difference that having an MVP caliber player or not makes on, on your roster. So before we move on, just want to throw that in. Like, I'm maybe I'm being maybe I'm taking your role, Matt, and being I think you are optimistic if I if I do that by by mentioning that. But that's possible. That that is a possible outcome here, even if it is, and it certainly feels right now uh, unlikely. No, I I mean I'm glad you brought it up. I think that's that's you know within the realm of possibilities. If I'm putting my Doctor Strange cape on, um, I think that's possible. It's just you know you kind of look at the, the schedule coming up, Trevor. I don't know if you got a chance mm. to look, but it's it's not it's not great. No, you got the Hawks tomorrow or today, I should say. You've got the Heat, the Hawks again, the Kings, the Nuggets, the Mavs, the Sixers. You get maybe a break with the Rockets. You get the Kings again, the Grizzlies. Like January yeah. is tough. You better beat the Hornets. It feels like every month has been tough, though. And maybe that's just a nod to the parody that we're seeing in the NBA right now. Sure. But there's there's been no there's there's really felt like no break in, in the schedule where where you've been like, OK, cool. They can they can rattle off four of these next five wins. And maybe that's also a commentary on how the Lakers have been as a team this season. But it's it's felt like it's been rough pretty much all season in terms of the quality of teams they've been playing. I mean, yeah, like. Until Anthony Davis comes back, which I believe, you know, I think Sham said it today or yesterday even that, you know, he is not expected to come back until at least mid-January. Yeah. Like, the games I just rattled off go all the way until, like, the 22nd. Like, it's it's pretty feasible that he returns somewhere around then. But, like, all those teams before he comes back? Yeah, you're not, you're not winning many of those games without AD. Without and, making and a move. Without making a move, and we don't even know what kind of Anthony Davis we get. Yep. Well, there goes my optimism, Matt. All right. Let's... Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I, we got to table the the nickname until we make a move. I guess. <laughs> let's let's finish with this. If the Lakers do decide this summer, LeBron goes to the Lakers and he says, "You know what? This is not working out." And you say, "Okay, LeBron, we will trade you." Oh God. What is that? What does that look like? Let's set aside that it's embarrassing for the franchise, that it goes against the franchise's DNA. They've been a franchise that tries to cater to their stars, that tries to uh, be very superstar friendly and, and all of that sort of stuff, right? It goes against the DNA of the franchise to move on from a star like that, with the exception of maybe Shaq, right? was an example of where they traded away a star. But nonetheless, you decide you're going to put LeBron out there for a trade. What's that process look like and what can you expect in return? I mean, like the way I'm trying to look at it from a Lakers perspective is, okay, like you want the package that everyone wants for a superstar. You want young blue chip prospect and picks, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's going to be my first ask, no matter who I go to or what teams I call or what teams call me. Like I'm always going to ask for their best young player and a bevy of picks. Um, but, you know, kind of zoom out or, you know, flip the perspective and look at the teams that you'd be trading with and you go, okay, we are in a situation where if we trade for LeBron James, we are contenders. Like, you're, I, I don't think, like, I don't think it's a stretch to say, you know, I don't think the Magic are going to trade for LeBron. I don't think, like, the Hornets are yeah. going to trade for LeBron. We, we This season has proven that while LeBron is still very, very good, 
we're no longer at the point where just having LeBron on your team equals final contender. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, some of these timelines to, to make a, a deal work, like they probably want to just stick with their young core and, and let mm -hmm. it work out that way. So, you know, I, I would remove like those, those rebuilding lottery teams and, and kind of focus on like the, the fringe playoff to already really good teams that that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the level of standings I'm looking at. So I told you off air, like three teams, I think that would be really interesting this off season, at least would be, you know, teams like the Denver Nuggets, the Miami heat, the New York Knicks, those kinds of teams where they've got picks, they've got interesting young guys, they've got the contracts to make it work. Um, and you can conceivably say if they had LeBron James on that team, like they would probably be a finals contender pretty easily. Those are interesting options. Um, I think the other factor in all of this would be, I think the Lakers would work with LeBron. Sure. Yeah. And send I him where he, where he would want to go. Did you so notice that... other than Denver, I gave you big market teams. Yeah, I did notice that. So that's, that's, another factor here that maybe limits the return that the Lakers would actually get for LeBron. Not to mention the fact that he only has one year remaining under contract until he has a player option. And then Bronny's coming into the NBA and he's already talked about playing wherever Bronny plays. So if you're a team that's trading for him, you might just have to look at him as a one-year rental. And therefore the, I guess what I'm getting at is the Lakers might not get a ton in return for him. If you do decide, if he does ask for a trade and want to go on the market, I like let's say it's the Knicks. What are, what are you getting? I mean, I, I probably want at least RJ Barrett and another young guy and a few picks. Yeah. That wouldn't be a terrible return, but like 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 I sorry, so like the kind of like the the trash reality of this is like you kind of want to look at like the Kawhi Leonard deal to Toronto is like maybe like your baseline. Mm -hmm. Like Damar is great, like all-star level player, obviously, was pretty good with the Spurs. Um Yaka Pirtle great young talent he's going to be a popular guy in trade talks this year um and then like what they got like one first yeah yeah so i i think that's your baseline for a lebron deal and like that could come from a team that we haven't talked about yet i just threw out those three because i think you know denver like if you said denver gets to keep jamal murray and nikola Jokic, and they just had to give up michael porter jr and picks like doesn't that team look really good oh yeah yeah that team's that's that's disgusting the favorite in the west right yeah, so if I'm Denver, like that's that's the kind of team I'm looking at. I'm like, we're already really good. We can we can talk ourselves into making the finals as is. But if we had LeBron James, like, I think it might be worth the rental. Yeah, like that. That's like yeah. a team, or like that's kind of like the deal I would look at. So Michael Porter and like firsts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's essentially what you'd be looking to do, and then you're doing the same thing probably with Anthony Davis. Unless I mean, look, it's a different conversation for a different show. Yeah. Whether you would just say, well, we're going to hang on to AD and see if we can move it. I think they would probably just start fresh. And, here's, and, a, here's, here's a toughy question for you. Yeah. If I was, um, if I'm the Lakers, right? Uh, sorry, I just kind of want to get your temperature on this. Like if I'm, if I'm the Lakers and I'm trading AD because I'm trading LeBron. If I went to Memphis and said, hey, I'll do Jaron Jackson for AD. Wh which team says yes? Man, um my gut says that Memphis would say yes. You think because, so? I think Memphis would say no. I think they, they might, but Anthony Davis is such a different level than Jaron Jackson. And Jaron Jackson does have an injury history too. Like AD, like Jaron Jackson, he's one of my favorites, right? Like that, oh, he's you know, great. I, I am a I am a Jaron Jackson guy. So don't get me wrong here. But but AD, when when AD's at his best, he's on a totally different level. That that said. The timeline doesn't fit as well with Ja. Jaron Jackson's a great fit there. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe ultimately they would say no. 
but AD, AD at his best is a tier or two better than Jaron Jackson at his best right now. I think he's at least a few tiers. Yeah. Like AD is an MVP candidate when he's good. Right. And, and Jaron Jackson, and he's had a great season, but he's not that. All right, let's do the doomsday scenario. Would you do LeBron to the Warriors for like Jordan Poole and stuff? Ah, Jordan Poole and... Like what happens if I gave you Jordan Poole like Kaminga or Moses Moody? I mean, it's something if you're the Lakers, you need to decide, hey, we're rebuilding. It's something you've got to you've got to think about. You'd have to consider. Um, and then it's LeBron, Steph, Draymond, and, and Clay. Like I told you, like you're working with LeBron. You want to send him to a big market. You mm-hmm. want him to go to a place where you know he's going to compete and arguably be like the favorite. Yeah. It's something you'd have to you'd have to really consider. Depending on how many picks are put in there, I don't have the Warriors sheet in front of me to see how many uh, picks they've got coming up. But they don't have like you would want early picks, and I don't think you're getting enough. Yeah, I don't think you'd have very many to to really pull from there. But unfortunately, it would kind of be like you'd be giving the Warriors the kind of team that the Lakers were hoping to build, right? I don't think you trade in division in conference, but I'm just saying like yeah. I mean, like look, it, where the, look where the Warriors are this year. Yeah, like if, right if the Warriors were the Knicks, say, if they yeah. if they had if they had swapped their rosters, and you were sending them to New York, you'd feel a little bit easier about doing that. Sure, and again, like this is all purely speculative, like no insider information or anything. But this is just kind of like this is like a barbershop conversation. Like, yeah. look, if I if I had LeBron James telling me I need to get traded, here's my list of teams. I think this is what the list of teams would kind of look like. I wanna how much of it too. Like, well, I can think back to when Kobe wanted traded. And the Lakers, as I recall, they had a deal with the Bulls. They also had talked trade with Pistons. the Pistons. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah. And in each situation, when the Lakers said, Hey, Kobe, you know, we're going to trade, we can trade you for these three guys or whatever. Kobe went, Well, no, yeah. I want to play with those guys. Yep. Like that's, that would be a challenge too. If you're working with LeBron to send him where he wants to go, LeBron might, you know, and with only one year under contract, like if, if, Let's say you worked out that deal with the Knicks, right? And LeBron says, well, oh, well, no, I really like R.J. Barrett. I want to play with him. And LeBron says, if you guys trade R.J. Barrett, I'm I'm gone after a year. Well, then the Knicks aren't going to do that trade. Like LeBron would be a factor in all of this too. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm, you know, bringing up teams that, you know, I think feasibly could part with the guys I mentioned yeah. and still, you know, have the stars that he'd want to play with. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you, you waste, you know, what is it, two, three years of LeBron's career, you should at least do right by him and send him to a team where he can actually win. And that's where that's where I see people get upset and say that LeBron wasted two, three years of his own career by putting together this team and all that. Anyway, that, that gets deep into the weeds of, of fandom and all that. But nonetheless, I'm in agreement with that. I think, I think most likely if the Lakers wind up on this path, and I think they're going to do everything they can not to, think if the right trade comes along, I still think they'll make it. If AD comes back, look, they've got a lot of ground to make up, but I'm not going to completely write them off. Maybe I'm overly optimistic. But if they do wind up in this place come July, come June, where LeBron, by the way, LeBron can't officially be traded till the, the calendar flips till, to next season, so that's July 1st. Um, if that comes up, well, I guess when the Lakers season ends, technically he could be traded. Yep. So anyway. I was mistaken on that. Yeah, when the Lakers season ends, he could be traded. But so LeBron in June says, hey, I want to be traded. Whatever the Lakers do, you're probably sending him to a team that has a really good shot of winning a championship. And then from a Lakers fan side, you'll have to watch 
LeBron go have success somewhere else? I this podcast took a turn for the worst. <laughs> I, I I already knew when. Uh, so guys, peel back the curtain. Trevor's asked me off air, like, what do you think LeBron trade value is? I said, if this is a podcast topic, this is just gonna go go one of two ways, and um, it's gonna make me really sad, or even yeah. sadder than sad. And I think we got sadder than sad. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not great. Look, this is this is a dark timeline we're living in right now. And like I said, I'm my hope is still that AD comes back healthy. The right trade comes along. The Lakers make up ground. They get into the playoffs, even if it's just a play in and they've got a little bit of firepower and they make some noise. And then you go into the summer and you retool things a bit more and off you go. That's that is the world that I think the Lakers want to be living in and that I'd like to see the Lakers living in is where right now this is the low point. The way it gets lower is if you make the wrong trade in a panic. Oh my God, could you imagine making the wrong trade and still having LeBron say in the summer, I'd like to be traded? Um, Trevor, you know, that's a very real possibility, right? I mean, that could that could happen. So that's what I'm saying. Like you have to, when they're saying we don't want to compound mistakes, like that's that's why. That's why we could be facing a very, very dark timeline there. Um, but I know that's not, it's it's not every eventuality that that's where we're going to wind up even if it feels that way right now um and like i said if it is if that's where we wind up next summer then the lakers need to take a very very uncomfortable and real look at their own decision making process and undergo some pretty massive changes yeah, you, you would think that, but, you know, nothing has really inspired any confidence or or optimism that that's how they're going to look at things. So, mm-hmm. sorry, not to be such a Debbie Downer recently, but you, you watch enough of these games and you just kind of start to feel the hope leave your body. <laughs> like, I, I have been trying super hard. Maybe the new year will, will reset me, Trevor. Maybe, maybe it's mm-hmm. like a, you know, you have like so much like emotional bandwidth for a year. And once oh. it strikes one one, it 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 all like it, it resets. Oh. Yeah, but you know, being a Laker fan recently has 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 drained the battery, so to speak, very quickly. Happy birthday, LeBron! <laughs> <laughs> I promise, guys. If you see me in public, I'm 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 doing just fine. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> I'm touching grass. I'm I'm getting sun. <laughs> oh my not all doom and gloom only when we talk about sports in the league i'm a rams fan too trevor come on give me some slack hey at least you've got baker okay buddy (laughs) (laughs) all right before we before we get any more uh negative here we'll wrap things up thank you everybody for joining us make sure you do subscribe to the lakers nation youtube channel also uh follow us over on apple podcast we love getting the reviews over there give us that five-star rating as well and uh, Matt, thanks so much for coming on here. Always a lot of fun to talk Lakers basketball with you, even when it is mostly negative stuff. At least we got through it together. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. I, I know I haven't been on like any live shows or podcasts recently, so this has been fun to hop back on the mic and talk Lakers basketball. Um, it's a nice break from having to. Uh, <laughs> if you guys ever watch the games with me while I'm tweeting, just know like I'm I'm there with you guys. I'm crying and in pain, too. <laughs> Apparently people think I'm tweeting. Yeah, guys. So I- I'll let you know right now. It's uh, the tweeting is usually handled by me and our very own Corey Hansford. T- Trevor is Trevor is uh, doing other things while the games are on. So if you guys are mad at any of the social media stuff, you can you can forward your complaints to me. People <laughs> responded like that one Corey had the other day. People respond saying, "Trevor, what do you, you know? 
what are you what are you talking about trevor or something something like that i'm like that's not me (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) guys yeah any flack that trevor is getting unnecessarily for the tweeting is uh is is unwarranted just get send 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 your complaints to hr at at underscore matthew peralta (laughs) you should just send them to Corey. i'm a nice guy <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody till next time see you and stay safe